theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston press to ATO. Welcome back, friends. Welcome, welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Life Out of the Box. We are grateful to have you here, and we are going to, I wouldn't say this is necessarily a follow-up from our previous conversation on Decentraland, but we discovered a pretty well-known company, almost an institutionalized company, has significant ownership in Decentraland, and it kind of tripped us out as soon as we visited it together in the virtual world significant ownership meaning they've purchased a plot of land and they built exactly in it, yes. right so i think that's a, that's a huge difference because no one really truly has ownership mm-hmm. of decentral land yeah. everyone no one owns the internet yeah exactly so i they they have invested heavily into building their space in decentral land exactly. and we uh you know in our first discovery of going through De- decentral land we've discovered sotheby's which is who we're talking about. It's yeah. Sotheby's is certainly, I think, by all measurements, an institution. It's one of the oldest auction houses mm-hmm. in the world, and it goes like Christie's auction house. Sotheby's is right there in the same arena. Yeah, I, I mean, they've been, those are the two. They've been auctioning. They've been an auction house for art for, for, for I mean, definitely over a century. Oh yeah, for sure. And so um, it's really fascinating to see someone, a company that is so old school that has been around for so long <laughs> leaning so far into this future and i would i would go as far as to say i mean all of these auction houses have embraced you know digital art with non-fungible tokens and even accepting you know cryptocurrency like bitcoin mm-hmm. to actually pay for art yeah. if they want but right. i think sotheby's has leaned into it even more and i think this is basically we're going to explain exactly why we think that yeah it's, it's a big move um i do think we should quickly explain what these auction houses have done to get to this point because it wasn't out of nowhere christie's was one of the first auction houses to get involved with non-fungible tokens they were the auction house that sold the most expensive non-fungible token at this current point in time which was about 69 million dollars for a jpeg and then after that sotheby's did a pretty incredible drop where they partnered with an artist called pack and did the non-fungible art set and it was pretty amazing it yeah. was like really well thought out well it was called the fungible collection the fungible collection but Thank it was you. yeah they they basically partnered with this artist called pack um on nifty gateway mm-hmm. which is a platform where you know artists can sell their nfts yeah. and um the fungible collection was definitely one of the biggest eye-opening collections for both of us yeah. i think in our time when we were really starting to learn about nfts it was and designed to show people the capabilities of non-fungible exactly tokens. beyond and just art sotheby's did it right i was very very impressed with it and honestly it's if, if you got if you participated in it you're, you're doing all right i'm not you're, i'm not worried yeah. about your initial investment into it so now we move into the uh, into the current thing, the current world, and all those uh, auction houses are seeing, you know what, this is a long-term game, and they've done their own little auctions here there, but they're always taking it one step further. And this time, Sotheby's did their very first live auction, but in the virtual space. Mm-hmm. And they what they did was they bought a plot of land in Decentraland, where they built or they had hired someone to build them their auction house to look exactly how they wanted it to look. And they brought in artists, 
Some of them were digital artists, but some of them were not digital artists. And we'll talk about that a little bit. And they set it up so, like, you can go there, participate in the community. You can uh, bid on different pieces. You can explore. You could talk to other people who are collectors and really focused on building a community around a virtual auction house. Yeah. Something that, you know, we're kind of limited in doing in our current time with everything that's going on. No, you're not allowed to have like massive indoor gatherings. This is going on. You could have unlimited amount of people. I mean, how many people can you fit in this massive auction house? Yeah, it was it was super eye-opening. First of all, let's just like take a step back from when we actually got to Sotheby's. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw it on the map and we said, okay, yeah, let's go here. Yeah. And you, you it transports you there right in front and there's a, a doorman. Like basically someone who is there with a top hat and you look at the building and it is, it looks old. It looks like what you would think a Sotheby's auction house would look like. Yeah. It looked like a old mansion in like downtown London. Yeah. It was very, yeah, exactly. It was, it was, um, the aesthetics were on brand for Sotheby's, I would say. Right. So they didn't give that up. I thought that was really interesting. It wasn't like, okay, so we're leaning into the future, but we're not going to make our brand seem like it's this, some futuristic, we, we could still stay true to who we actually are. Right. And we can do that in this new world. Yeah. And so, um, you walk in and you can talk to the doorman if you want, but then you walk in and well, the doorman greets you. Yeah. You, you, you choose to talk to him and he says, why don't you come on in and explore? Cause there was no event when we were there. It was just us two in the Sotheby's auction house. Yeah. There's literally not a single virtual person in the whole space at all. Exactly. But you walk in and you still get that luxury old school feel at Sotheby's definitely, you know, that's their brand. Mm-hmm. And so you're walking through where there would normally be like a concierge kind of a area or like a seating area. And then you mm-hmm. keep walking and then there are these beautiful doors into different galleries within mm-hmm. the Sotheby's building. And right. Um, you know, we just started exploring, just started walking through doors. Yeah. And um, we so we went to the first gallery. I went, think that's what it was actually titled. Yeah, it was called the first gallery. And you walk in, and immediately there were some pieces that we were familiar with. They were digital pieces of art, NFTs that have been sold. And um, beyond, you know, Christie's selling their one, you know, JPEG by Beeple um, mm-hmm. for $69 million, and Sotheby's doing the pack collection. Since then, these auction houses have actually had online auctions of different NFTs through their own websites, right? right. So um, we knew that in, I think it was late June, Sotheby's was having another, you know, digital art focused curated auction Mm -hmm. and it was just done through their own website not with nifty gateway but through sotheby's and they accepted cryptocurrencies they accepted bitcoin and ethereum Mm -hmm. for people to actually purchase these pieces and they had the very first nft that was ever minted on the ethereum blockchain Mm -hmm. and that was in their auction and that was in their museum so you could actually go and you can look at it and you can just click on it it just says you know engage with it and you can click on it and then you see who the artist is you see a little description of what the name is. When and it you can see who done. owns it now yes. because the auction already closed. Yep. So you could see who owns it. And if you click the link to leave Decentraland, you can go to Sotheby's website to read the whole description of it. And a lot of them have a large description because they're meaningful art pieces as if it was a virtual catalog for yep. each piece. And you can see all of them. And they also had one piece that I think a lot of the world is familiar with which are the CryptoPunks. Mm-hmm. There's, I think, 10,000 different CryptoPunks. All of them have different features, and no no CryptoPunk is identical to another CryptoPunk. And this one was a very rare CryptoPunk. 
Um, it has features that, you know, only like less than a handful of uh, CryptoPunks have them, which included it had a face mask. It sounds kind of ridiculous. It had a face mask and it was an alien, but it went for a lot of money to a individual who goes by the pseudonym Silly Tuna. And <laughs> he paid, I think he paid quite, a, I think it was definitely over a million for this CryptoPunk. And it's rare. It's going to be his new profile on all of his social media platforms and it represents who he is and it went through Sotheby's and it got a lot of attention so you can go and like look at it as if it's on the wall so you're in this room and all these pieces are just on the wall around you you go up to each piece if it moves then the piece will move as soon as you look at it and then um, if it has music with it you can click on it and then it will play the audio from it as well. Yeah. And the first room, I was like, this is pretty cool, this whole design. Like, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I kind of, it was the first time I really felt as though I was in a real world type museum. Yeah. Whereas the other places I've explored in Decentraland, like you said, they kind of lean way into the future where, you know, all the walls are glass. Why shouldn't they be glass? Like, why, why can't the floor be glass? Like, because it's the virtual world. It could be anything you want it to be. The stairs are glass. So it doesn't even look like a real museum today. But this one looked like you were inside an old museum. With yeah. like, you know, you could smell the carpet type yeah. ordeal. And so we went through there. And then we went to another room. And mind was blown again. Yeah, the other room was... So there, yeah, there are a lot of doors that you can't... Some are closed off and some you can just walk right through. And mm-hmm. the next door we went through... Um, it was immediately obvious that it was uh, a room that was highlighting Jay-Z's collection. Mm-hmm. So Jay-Z, the rapper, um, he he did one of the first big live events that Sotheby's did in Decentraland was they held an auction with Jay-Z's very first NFT. Mm. And um, so I think they basically... Um, they created this small collection of what he currently owns and why. And you mm-hmm. could actually, like John said, you could actually listen to certain things if they had sound or music to it. And, you know, just exploring to see what he has and mm-hmm. why, you know, it was such a different way of experiencing the internet mm-hmm. rather than just a 2D list of all of the different art pieces that someone else owns. Yeah, you know? that's actually well well stated. Like it is like a different way of experiencing the internet. It's a different way of seeing an online auction where you're actually in full control and you're checking it out however you want to check it out. So one piece they had was his CryptoPunk and he paid I think he paid like a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars for his CryptoPunk. It kinda looks like him. It's got he's got similar hair and he was wearing a gold necklace and uh, it's right there on the wall and you can click on it and then you can actually see how much you paid for it, who owned it before. And that's the beauty of the blockchains. You could see from the beginning of when it was first created to who owned it and then who sold it to this person or who sent it to this person, et cetera, et cetera. And then you get all the way to the very end and it's Jay-Z. He yeah. is the current owner of it. And then you can click on his wallet, see what else he has in there and see the different collection pieces that he has. And that's where you're like, checking it out like almost like it's an ebay type ordeal you can see what he has but if you go back into the decentral land there was one wall that was really cool and exciting and thought-provoking for me which showed a video so if you clicked on it a video started playing so just imagine a video in a video game (laughs) and you're looking at the wall and it's showing the 
a collaboration piece with Jay-Z and another artist who does digital art primarily and, and paint style art pieces. And the meaning behind this art piece that they made, which is a, it, it's kind of like a GIF, like a, it's a short video clip, but it's cartoon based with Jay-Z and he's like smoking a cigar and they're explaining the art piece, where the idea came from, what it represents. And that was kind of the catalog entry to get people intrigued in wanting to purchase this one of one non-fungible token the very first one created by in collaboration with jay-z yeah and they had that so if you walked away from the video they had that actual piece on the wall and you could watch it you could hear it you could see it it was pretty awesome it is really awesome because if you, if you think about the actual museum physical physical world museum experience like i think of the louvre or i think of you know the met or various different museums throughout the world and you know like london and whatnot you walk in and you're basically if you don't have a headset, you're just reading what's next to the to the art piece, right? And in that art piece, it does not include the provenance, which the provenance means the history of ownership, right? And so who mm-hmm. owns it? It just gives a little blurb, sometimes a little story. Sometimes it's lost, too. Sometimes it is lost, yeah. And it's actually sometimes the most interesting part about an art piece um, mm-hmm. is who owned it before, who currently owns it, which is obviously highlighted. That's one of the things that Sotheby's is able to highlight and underscore in this new world, in this virtual mm-hmm. world. But I think one of the really interesting things is that in order for you to listen to something, you have to have a headset. You have to have the little, you know, uh, radio, old school radio things that they give you that you have to purchase in the real world. Well, in the virtual world, you don't need that. You just you're you probably already have headphones on. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you immediately get a better experience. Yeah, it's customized to you. So we're looking at the same video like me and you. You're on your computer. I'm on my computer. But whenever I started looking at it, that's when it starts playing it. And whenever you start looking at it, that's when it starts playing it. So it's fully customized to the person interacting in the virtual world. Yeah. And you can choose which angle you want to look at it from. It's pretty amazing stuff. The other thing that I want to highlight is something you found, which is the POAP, which I believe it stands for Proof of Attendance Protocol. Protocol. And it's basically proof that you were at a certain location it's kind of like a ticket but it's not really a ticket it's like if you went to the world uh the super bowl last year you get a ticket and you can always show people that you were there because you have your honestly if it was a vip super bowl ticket it's going to be like laminated very nice something that you could probably hang on the wall or frame it and in the virtual space and also now in the physical space we've talked about a little bit you can get scan a qr code or in the virtual world, you don't even have to scan it. You just say, click on it, and it says, congratulations, we just put a certificate showing that you were here, and they can have a little art piece attached to it, and then it gets placed in your digital wallet. Yeah. So forever, you could show people that you attended the Sotheby's auction on the day that it occurred, which if you were there, I actually think like we missed it, but that's a pretty cool thing to say, Yo, I was there when Jay-Z was there in the very first fully decentralized world auction, live auction. Yeah. And I think anyone who has that proof of being there, it's going to tell me that, yo, you were in this game early and you were in the right place. Like, that's a really cool piece of history. It is. Well, and I think so two things to build on top of that is the proof of attendance protocol is really fascinating 
to on, on lots of levels. If you think about the example you used with the Super Bowl ticket, right, in the VIP area, mm-hmm. I could actually just have that. I might not have ever actually went. Maybe my uncle went and I just he gave it to me as a souvenir because he thought that I th- would like it. That's a good point. Okay, so I actually never went, but you can't prove that I went or I didn't go, yeah. right? Yeah. And so this allows for someone to actually verify that they were there. That it wasn't, that they don't, they can't just make up that they were there, that you were actually there. And like you said, that can definitely lead to various different, I don't know, respect, legitimacy. Like, okay, look, you've been here. It could be sold too. It could be. You you made a good point there because what if your grandpa went to the World Series in the 1950s, right? You weren't even born yet, but he went, he still has those tickets. He could sell them to anyone, but he chose to hand it down to you. And now you have ownership of it. And you could sell to someone else or you can say, yeah, my grandpa went. And now there's a story attached to some digital asset. And so it's it's interesting. It's very thought-provoking when you're bringing physical items into the digital world. It is. Well, and you're also capturing the lineage that it wasn't just anyone who gave it to me. It was like mm. my grandpa. So, yeah, and, and it was my grandpa's wallet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect of it, too, is what could that proof of attendance be used for in the future? Like, So if Jay-Z, for example, has his has some event in Decentraland or in the some physical concert. space. That's what I have to It think. could be a physical or digital, or it could be, yeah, it could be either yeah, digital or, or physical. Or album launch. Yeah, okay, I've got you. And they say, he says, well, anyone who has uh, the proof of attendance for that Sotheby's auction, mm-hmm. anyone who has that gets into this gets event into this. free. And that's the only way to verify that you can get into that for free is yeah. that you have that in your wallet and they can tell whether you have it or not. You can't make it up. Yeah. It's, it's time stamped. It's immutable. You cannot change, go back and change it. Now you could sell it. Like you said, someone could mm-hmm. sell it and I don't know why you would sell it, but, um, well, that's money, money well, talks. Yeah. Money, I mean, especially true. if it's, especially if it's a ticket, your proof of attendance from another event is a ticket to a new event. You're basically selling someone a ticket. There's yeah. no, you're not, the, the venue's not selling it. You're selling the ticket. That's free market. That's pretty exciting. It is pretty cool. Yeah. So, and, and we actually have talked about one of our physical world experiences with NFTs included this proof of attendance protocol mm-hmm. where we went on a scavenger hunt um, throughout Miami to find these different NFTs. And yeah. so you can check out that episode if you're interested in it. But it really does start to, I, I don't know, just the fact that you can, verify that you are actually there and everyone can verify that Mm -hmm. you are actually there um leads to the potential of other things that i don't think many people have really done yet but could potentially incentivize communities and people to actually be early adopters in the long run but there was also that i mean there are different parts all around decentraland that have that proof of attendance protocol like Mm -hmm. all a bunch of different live events so it wasn't just in sotheby's but it was really interesting that they did have it there and if you since we went in there after the event we tried to get the proof of attendance Mm -hmm. token and you couldn't do it so that's another thing controlled right it's controlled it's only a certain amount of time that you can actually get this and then certain quantity available yeah that's true too so it was it was fascinating and then you know we just kept on walking around there are lots of different galleries lots of different pieces of art Mm -hmm. and i just think that that was an experience that I won't forget. It will. It is certainly more memorable mm. to I think both of us that we walked through Sotheby's and we experienced art in mm-hmm. a, in a way that we that is most similar to what we experience it in the physical world yeah. with with Sotheby's and it's it's just going to stick in my memory more than me just going onto the Sotheby's website because how many websites do I go to on a daily basis, right? right yeah. So it really is like a totally different experience, and I think that I can't like I can't. Um, underscore it enough that this is 
very different, a yeah. different way of experiencing the internet and all right. the things that we can do on the internet. It was like the closest thing that we could have experienced to going to an actual physical museum from the convenience of our own home. Yeah. And they were actually globally recognized pieces for people in this world. You know, mm-hmm. people who are part of non-fungible token collecting and buying, selling, or just fascinated by it. These were some of the top tier pieces and we had the whole museum to ourselves. It was kind of fun it to was. just walk around, explore it. We highly recommend you check it out. Just type in Decentraland. It comes up, and then once you get there, you can find Sotheby's. Go check it out. It's a really cool place. Good job, Sotheby's. I'm giving you a high five. Virtual yeah. high five. Virtual high five. It was definitely one of the best design buildings. That was super on brand, and I hope you enjoy if you actually go and check it out yourself. So we look forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.